0: Welcome everyone. Hello and welcome. This is Mike. I'll be your host today for the Sweet Dash Q&A webinar slash podcast. Succeed with Software is what we call this. Let's get started today as we always do. Let's get you guys to jump into the chat and say hi, say hello. Let's know where you're from. Maybe your niche so that we can sort of tailor the, bus- or the uh, discussion to your business possibly. If that works let me turn on the chat so everyone can see all right so where are you guys joining us from today i see um see a few familiar face faces mike from the uk mike kelly from the uk yes well that's a very irish name i have family (laughs) i think i have two family members named mike kelly uh from uh cincinnati area yeah Hey, Mike is a great name, Mike. If everyone was named Mike, I would never forget anyone's name. I always love meeting a Mike. It really makes things easy for me. And another Mike. And Les and Sir, you can Yeah, great. Uh, hey, Ellis from Philly. How are you? Digital marketing. Excellent. And Ted from the Netherlands. How are you, sir? Sean from Atlanta. Jeremy in Romania. Hi, Jeremy. And Anna from Toronto. Beautiful city. Most international city in the world, I think. Or at least the one most international city I've been to. And Zach from Ohio. Where did we say, Zach? I don't remember uh, from Ohio. Which part? Just curious. I'm in Columbus. bus, yeah. Been there, been there. I was telling somebody the other day about the my Columbus or my Ohio State-Michigan football game experience. That was when I realized that ACC football is basically nothing (laughs) compared to to big 10 or what what at that time was big 10 yeah exactly i thought we were like oh yeah yeah we don't know anything we don't know anything okay uh let's move on all right guys welcome it's tuesday 1 p.m thanks for joining us let's go ahead and go through the initial for those of you here for the first time i'd like to just start off by saying welcome and then please do if you haven't already start a free trial that's your best way to get a look at sweet dash along your journey uh, go ahead and check out the help documentation here at help.sweetdash.com the academy is also is a great resource if you're into visual learning video training and then the how-to series is our most recent type of help documentation Uh, you can just come in here and go one step at a time Here's a picture, here's the description, here's a picture, here's the description, and it's quite easy to step yourself through. And then if you are really running into problems or you just wanna bounce some ideas off some fellow sweet mates, jump into the community. Uh, you will need to create a new and separate login in the community. Uh, for security reasons, we decided to make that separate. So just create a, a new user and jump into the community and you'll find that there are groups that are catered to your niche uh, very likely. And it's just a great place to share ideas and bounce questions off of other sweet mates. Okay. Great. Uh, something to talk about, real quick something to bounce an idea of you guys. Speaking of bouncing ideas. And while I'm doing that, feel free to go ahead and start putting your questions into the chat. So what would you th- what do you think as the community or as new users or experienced users as some experienced users here uh of the idea of having something like an open uh, i think the best way to describe it is something like an office hours right so that the idea would be that we would open a zoom meeting like this uh, three, four, five hours a day during a, a window that is uh, overlapping with the majority of the time zones, at least in this part of the world, in the hemisphere. Um, sorry, Australia, sorry, New Zealand, that might for at least for now. Um, and then it'd be a place where you could jump in exactly like you're doing now. The mic will be muted, the camera would be off, the sharing would be off. And it would just be a place where you can type in questions and get a response by chat Uh, If that was sufficient, if that was not sufficient, it would be a place where uh, whoever's manning the office hours would turn on the microphone, turn on the video or the screen share. And just as I'm doing now, just walk you through step by step and show you, okay, over here, go to create an invoice and then make sure you're thinking about this. So you're hearing a voice, you're seeing a screen, and you're getting your answers in a way that is just real time, richly. Illustrated if needed. Now, of course, it doesn't change the fact that in some cases we'll, that the answers we won't be able to go all the way through a demonstration. Just like we here, we don't really have time to build an entire implementation for you. However, we do have time to do exactly what I do here. And of course, I love we love doing this. I love doing this. I love connecting with you guys and hearing your ideas and and really really. Keeping ear to, my ear to the ground, which is a, I think a great idea for anyone that's leading an organization. Uh, but also, of course, you it's just one hour a week. You know, you you guys are busy. You're running your ideas. I mean, you're running your um, your businesses. You can't always sync with this with one hour a week that we hold this. And uh, I think it's a it's kind of a cool way to make you know a chat is great, but. You know, we we've all been there. You just your fingers get tired. You're chatting. They don't understand. It's not really making sense what they're saying, and we're lost in translation. Whereas this idea would allow us to just jump in as needed and turn the mic on, turn the camera on, and just show you what we mean until the light bulb goes off, and then you're off and running. Okay. So I I think the uh, overwhelming response that I'm seeing is great idea. So all right, well that's good. Well, it's possible that that kind of thing would be um, a premium or, or sort of a reserved for paid users, I think, just because that's just the only way it can make financial sense and for the business. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's something we'd like to consider. I've never seen it done anywhere. Uh, maybe you guys have, but I haven't seen it uh, done, and I think it's kind of a cool thing that could be really pivotal for someone who is trying to get up to speed and really needs just a few things, a few pieces of the puzzle to continue. And, and that would be a nice way to, to do that. Okay, thank you for the feedback. I appreciate it, really helpful. All right, I have a question here. We're gonna scroll up and just get right into it. Uh, hi, Ted. Ted says, newbie here. No problem, Ted, no problem. Don't apologize, that's what we're here for. Your use case, all right. Good, I like Ted, he's a he's he's explained everything. I can already see that this is explained. So I'll try to ex- read it and understand it. Uh, customer known or with own dashboard or unknown. Um, okay, fills in a form. I want to send an email with a link to a folder where they can upload their photos in their dashboard uh, well, we can do that with file request, Ted. So let's let's continue. I want to assign this task to two other team members. Okay, in their dashboard or automatically made because of the form as a task, okay. So the task is for the customer, but then you also wanna assign tasks to two other team members. One of them must be able to see all the customer information. One must only see selected info about the task. I see where you're going. Also, want to also want both the team members and myself to be able to chat with the customer. But is this possible without seeing the customer name? Is this use case possible? Partially, Ted. The answer is um, partially, and I'll let me illustrate which parts are and which parts are um, possibly in the future possible. If that's the way to say it okay so we have something called a file request that is is perfect for a situation where you just need to send a link and in the easiest way possible have someone on the end of that link be able to upload their their uh the files okay this is something that is not currently in a trigger meaning it when you onboard somebody it's not currently created so that it will trigger the file request, but it can be used that way. So let me illustrate what I mean. So if you click Request Files, you'll go through the uh, UI where you'll name it. And this is a case like uh, where you have a one-time use, say for example, uh, you are say an accountant and you need some um, tax returns or you need something, you need some documents from someone very specifically and you want to fill that out, designate which folder it's going to go into, and then the next next view, you're going to uh, put in their email address, or if they're a user already in your system, you can select them, and then it will send an email, and it will have a very simple link. But what you can also do is you can create a very generic file request, or a simple file, reque- file request meant to be used over and over again. And let's look in here, and we'll see that here the, each one of these is a file, file request uh, that was created. But they can be reused, okay? And let me illustrate. So here's one that was just named something uh, for testing, but you can see that uh, Mad Max here has uploaded five files into this and each time someone uploads a file will separate or I mean a session will separate that session and all the files uploaded in that session will end up in a folder just like this. and then the files will be located here. okay Let's go back so here though if we go back to the file request level i can go to this file request and come over to the options and grab preview file file request which will give me a link in a new browser and this is what it will look like when they reach there but if you take this link you can copy this link and now i can use that in any number of ways and in your case ted the way that i would approach this. Uh, to accomplish this with existing functionality is in the email that they will receive when they complete a form, either that would be a portal access invitation or an uh, email that you can trigger from any one of our forms, just a free email. Uh, I would include a link, that link that I just showed you, you can create one specifically for that and then just put that link in there and it's always live, always ready uh and then they can upload the files and you'll be notified when those files are uploaded and then you'll go into your portal and be able to access those okay so that's a universally useful thing it applies to what you asked for but i wanted to explain it uh in some some level of detail so other people are able to understand it as well now let's move to the other parts you want to create a task and you want to assign a task to two other team members this can be a, a, accomplished but where it starts to lose traction in our platform is that one of them must be able to see all the customer information and one of one must only see selected info about the task yeah that's hard to understand completely the answer but the only way that can happen in our platform is separation is using roles so my suspicion is that when you get, you will be giving away too much permission by say elevating one of those people to admin, for example, and another one keeping them as a teammate. What we hear requests for, and I think is what you are pursuing here, is is almost like a platform functionality where you're trying to be what I'll call a facilitator. Right, the, you're trying to create and And let's talk about it, and you can confirm, right? Um, you're trying to create a a, a SAS essentially, a a mechanism that will facilitate uh, two sides of some kind of arrangement, a business arrangement where one is one of those people is somehow providing or evaluating that in customer, and another person is on your team, very likely. Okay. That's it. Yeah. you were, Okay. Well, good, Ted. Let's, that's even, that kind of simplifies things exactly. Let's go ahead and look at um, managed staff because I think we might have the answer here. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. You want to work with freelancers. You want to pay the freelancers X. You want to charge Y and you don't want your freelancers to know who the end customer is. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's pure business. Okay. So let's um look here. So when you add a staff member, Ted, one of the roles you'll be able to choose, freelancer. Yeah. And we designed that role for exactly this purpose. Okay. So you can do things with a freelancer like, for example, um sending their email their email. Let's see what I'm missing here. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So you can when you add a freelancer to a project you're going to be able to they're only going to see specific things um and i don't have an uh, i don't have a setup to illustrate this for you perfectly it'll take too long to get there but just to summarize it your freelancer will be able to be assigned tasks. they'll be able to view the project and only the project they are assigned in right so when they go to the list of projects they're only going to see the projects that they're assigned to they won't know the other projects exist um, they're only going to be able to see the tasks in that project that they are assigned to they won't know the other tasks exist so in theory you could have six freelancers in the same project working on the variety of tasks none of them will know the other freelancers exists um, and they will be able to execute their task they will never see the client name There, there's such a thing we, what we call client talk and team talk. Um, the freelancer is excluded from those. So they're really meant to operate outside your organization and have just enough visibility into the project to accomplish their work, to, to track their time, to, um, get, add their time to an invoice as they, as needed, et cetera. But also you have the tools to protect exactly the way that you're talking about, okay. And without knowing a whole lot of other details, I really think that's probably the solution for you, uh, or at least the very beginning of a solution. Does it seem like uh, that's pretty close, Ted? Yeah, okay, let's, let's wait for Ted to answer, but in the meantime, I'm gonna scroll up. Oh, I think Ted is Close, okay, well. Yeah, so my, my recommendation, Ted, is to record a screencast video or create a document or something that really kind of uh, walks through your logic, walks through your workflow, and send it to help at We'll do our best to decipher it, to analyze it, and uh, try to provide you with some pointers some in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, that's the best we can do. It's, it's difficult sometimes to have real hard answers for questions, but uh, what we would like to do is try to direct you, okay? All right, Tanja, how are you? I hope I'm saying that right. Most of my clients are married. How do I add the option to add a spouse information? That's a common question, Tanja. Um, and I, what we can do now is custom fields. So, what you would be able to do is create a custom field, but what you won't have currently is a separate login for each of them that will allow them to view the same data. Which I think is what you really want in the end. Is that right, Tanja? Okay, and Ted, let's continue the conversation. I'll show you how it worked now and send it to you. This is a really specific use case. Thanks for now. Okay, sure. Exactly, Ted. That's that's all we can do, and we'll just take it step by step. The good thing is, is, is uh, Sweet Dash is built to be as as flexible as possible. You should be able to set something up. Um, and if not, let's let's identify what the piece is missing, and then we'll talk about it with the community. We can talk about it here. You can go to vote.suite-dot-com, submit your idea. Um, let's see what kind of support there is for it, and let's try to build a bridge across that that, that gap, and let's see what can get there, okay? All right, Tanja, I, I totally get that. Now are, now, are you, did you say, are you in the accounting space my clients are married that's typically that where this is coming from bookkeeping accounting yes okay good good um okay Tanja. so the solution is forthcoming in the future I can't tell you when but we definitely have this on our radar and most of it comes from the accounting bookkeeping space and it's a hundred percent valid and something we need to look at so what's what 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 is needed two things really enough and, and and the one is that we need to make a the possibility for one single primary contact to be the primary contact from multiple companies right so if you go and uh for example the podcast that we just recently recorded with a fellow named alex fleming flemings is uh on the youtube channel check it out there are so many Nice nuggets of uh, information, and and that totally worth a listen. But that's one of the things Alex brought up, and and that's on our been on our radar for quite a while. That will enable that, and then additionally, this sort of husband, wife, spouse, um, life partner, so significant other, whatever you want to call it, uh, functionality where two people are going to be able to access. Basically, an identical experience with their unique logins, and with those two things, I think their the accounting niche will be much much uh, smoother for for implementations. Yeah, sound right, Tanja. And I apologize, I can't, I don't have a big green thumbs up for you on that right now, but it's very well understood and it's It's in our pipeline it's it's one of the primary primary big ones that we we are looking to to enable so forthcoming, forthcoming. I would say if I had to put a number on it, I would definitely say in the in less than six months, very likely sooner, okay, all right, I'm recording myself saying that, so I have to be aware of that all right. Um, Zach. Zach says, any updates on the exporting via spreadsheet from Forms? That is a current task, Zach. I can't remember currently where it is in our pipeline, but it is specced. It's everything is, we have everything we need for it. It's really just, and, and are you, you're meaning the submissions, I think, Zach, just to clarify. You want to take the submissions from Forms. Export them into CSV, and you're all set. Awesome. I think what the that's not such a difficult task, but it grew as things often do, and so we um, we want to try to make that task in a way that is intelligent, and the intelligent way to make that is to allow you to choose the data points that you want to include in that CSV before you do the export. I think that would be helpful to a lot of people. I'm not sure for your for your purposes. But what that also does is takes us um, it's a very solid step towards a solid reporting functionality. So once we are able to identify those columns, put them out into a data into a CSV, it's a pretty easy step from there to to some JSON and then we're into uh, just about anything anything we need. So, okay. Les, how are you? Les says, can you give an update on notifications, particularly on mobile? Okay, Les. I think you mean on the PWA. So, PWA, just a really quick summary, is not this quite the same as a native application. So, what's called a native application is the ones you are installing from the Play Store or the App Store or the Apple App Store. And they have some advantages and some disadvantages. Uh, The advantages are that they are native on the phone. They have access to all the root parts of the phone, including push notifications, uh, etc. A PWA is much, much, much more, more flexible. And it's what allows us to give you that white label experience. Uh, but as of now, push notifications, especially on Apple devices, is not something we're able to touch. However, the, um, the overwhelming current is towards PWA, and we expect that over the next short-term periods uh, of maybe months or years, small numbers of months and years, that the, these push notifications and some notification process will become available to us. What is possibly available to us now, and we're we're investigating and researching to see if it's a, it's a, something we want to take on, is the ability to fall back, what they call graceful fallback, to SMS. Uh, we do have the Twilio inter- integration now, we're working to make a more generic integration that will allow anyone, even someone that doesn't have a Twilio account, to have access to turn on SMS notifications and pay um, an a la carte rate for those SMS notifications, the the plan is yes, exactly. And the plan is to provide those a la carte services at our costs. Um, we would we don't want to make money on those. We're not trying to mark those up. So the the hope is that you even though it does have a cost, it will be the lowest possible cost that you can find to send those SMSs, Um, and then in the case that you want to send a notification, a push, that instead of it being a push notification with the badge and those things that are native in the app, that we'll be able to hit um, with an SMS. And so that would be, that's really the current thinking. But as soon as um, those APIs open up and are valid on the Apple side and on the Android side, Yes, push notifications is absolutely the number one request for the PWA, and it's something we're definitely already moving towards. We have an entire team focused on the uh, SMS, or I'm sorry, on the push on the PWA. So it's just one thing after the other with PWA, and our goal is to be and, and stay, continue to be on the cutting edge of what PWA is capable of, so that every new thing that we're able to add there you basically get that added that functionality to your white label mobile app straight away with a link to the notification i think you mean a link in the sms that would link to the resource or the asset that's being referenced something like that yes okay Uh, definitely definitely and we already have a generic you might have seen it in some places here and there because we are using it and it's already if you enable your twilio integration and start sending uh sms's via actions is where it's currently there uh, if you include a link you'll see that it's automatically shortened into what's called a short link and it's a generic link uh, based on the URL, the domain portal app Info, I think, or I can't remember, but some really sort of short reference URL that has portal in the the name. So, yes, we're taking those links. We're shortening them for SMS in a way that's generic and white label so that they don't see sweet dash. Uh, And in the future, I guess it's possible we would extend and allow you to bring your own short URL to that that table. Um, But, yes, the links will be included and shortened properly etc okay good less okay any other questions let me know all right guys any other questions coming in yep here we go zach good all right zach let's start are we able to take form data submissions and or open invoices and payments made from the data warehouse and put into a page displayed dashboard, meaning the start page that comes for staff admins can see a dashboard at a quick glance of revenue summary, number of open invoices, number of overdue, circles assigned start page. Okay, so you mean the admin on their side or you mean the admins on your side. Either way, it doesn't matter. Same, same answer. Uh, we're getting closer to that, Zach for sure. I mean, you, you're you aware that we already have the dynamic data placeholders that pull from the data warehouse, as you call it, the database. Um, we're moving towards the ability to uh, perform math operations with those uh, data placeholders, so that not only can you display uh, the data from a placeholder, but you can build a math equation using those placeholders uh, and do things like, I don't know, there's all kinds of interesting things you could do with that. So it's hard to even hazard an example. Um, We're working towards, and we already have, as you know, portal pages are accessible by to staff now, staff data and staff placeholders are there. So in the end, we'll be looking to create dashboards that your staff can, can see as they log in and display data from uh, the database and then as you say very rightly that we'll start to provide data placeholders or or some kind of representation in charts etc so let's look at um, an example here i have one that might will help i think so here's a, here's a dashboard that's that's powered all by dynamic data, okay? Even these charts are powered by the dynamic data, a custom field that is common to all, custom, all the clients, but this particular client's value in that custom field that's powering this chart is 25, right? 25%. And same here, these are all dynamic. But what if we had, as you say, a placeholder for number of open invoices? or number of overdue invoices or something like that, total number of invoices. And then we allowed you to, you know, had a counter here. And then in the background, we are um, give you that as an option to power that counter or power that, that widget. Uh, let's see, just to illustrate a little more. So here, here is the builder that built that dashboard, right? And you see that we have this, this is a chart block. And here is the value that's displayed on the chart block. And then you'll click here. And now this is where the data source for the chart block is coming from. In this case, again, as I said, is a custom field. And it's and what is displayed on the front end is going to be the value of this custom field, document needs in this case, the value associated with the client who logs in. So to close that logic loop and and make you understand, if this client logs out and another client logs in that's also assigned to this same dashboard, the the other client will see their values and I can actually illustrate that. So let's, I think that's worth doing. So if I'm on this builder page as the admin, I'm building on the building side and I go to preview, uh, I'm gonna see a preview of that page but it's gonna be generic, right? It's just showing me, okay, this is what it looks like, but there's no, you haven't identified a data source yet, right? Um, So let's identify the data source, as we saw, and this is what it'll look like with Josie, and then I'll I'll switch again, and then I'll get back to your comment there, Zach. Okay, but if if I change here, and change to a different client, see these numbers are going to change, I mean, not, every time because it is possible that the numbers will be the same but these da- this data is now being pulled from this client's profile and everything is different so what you're able to do is create dashboards that are common to some type or group of client and then assign those to that group in our case a circle and when anyone that's in that circle logs in they're redirected to that dashboard assigned to that circle and everything looks the same between all the clients, except for, of course, the important thing, which is the data. And each client is only seeing their data. No one else's, that's that's a core tenant of what we have, that they're only seeing things that are theirs or assigned to them. All right, so Zach says, Right, but these come from project data for that individual client. What about being able to capture holistic company data for the owners or admins of the company? Yes, so that's really more like a widgets act. Yep. Yeah. So we're currently in in process of rebuilding the widgets. Like for example, on the uh, let's go to the dashboard here, and we'll see if we can find something that that will illustrate this. Uh, the dashboard here will be is being rebuilt and will be. Each one of these widgets you'll be able to use on any any dashboard. So here's something like my tasks. Now you're talking about more the. Something like my invoices, maybe. Which has, yes, a list of all the invoices, but. What you're looking for is some added up some sum, some summation. Right reporting, yeah, so it, it this would be a widget that we would build a widget that would do this kind of thing and it would be like a reporting widget. Similar to this, yes. Thank you, Jeremy. Perfect, okay. So those are things we're we're working towards, Zach, yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds like we're going in a direction that will be useful for, to you, that's good. Okay, uh, Tanji, let's see. When I'm in a project, I cannot see my client's files unless I go back out to the area under dashboard. Uh, Well, it depends. It depends, Tanja, so let's let's illustrate and and make sure it's clear. If the files are related to the project, you should be able to see the uh, files inside the project. So let's go into, let's see here, we'll try this. So now we're inside a project. What I'm looking at here is a project dashboard, but if you'll see the files t- tab here, Tanja, if the files are related to this project, and think of a project as The best illustration I can come, I have is that it's like a briefcase. Okay. So each project you create is a briefcase about related to some, to a project or subject or some um, folder, you know, some, some effort initiative for that client. Uh, And when it's inside the project, it becomes sort of protected. Only the people that are assigned to the project will get, will know that it exists, A, and be able to access it, B. So now that I'm inside the project, I see files that are related to the project. And they look a little bit different than you would see in just a normal, in the client files area, because uh, these are the project files. So we have public files inside a project, private files inside a project, and the descriptions are here, just like they say, and task files inside a project. And each task will get its own folder, and any files uploaded into that task will be organized and kept perfectly inside that task. So uh your client even or your freelancers or anyone who is working uh, on their task can upload and attach files to a task and they can be retrieved either from the task individually so you can go to the task and be able to download those files or you can navigate here and and use the search find the right task and get it downloaded uh, a, lot of our, a lot of our customers are, are are bigger organizations and they have uh numbering or uh, some sort of organizational schemes that they use to Uh, make sure that everything is well organized and then once they're here they're going to go right for the search and enter some ID number reveal the task straight away so if we see how even when you start typing it's just automatic you're it's going to filter okay that was quick and now I'm in I'm going to find my task my file and upload them or or download or upload new uh, files into the task does that help, Tanja? And again, these are related to the project only. But I think what you might be saying is that um, what you might be wanting is the client files to be inside this your g- general client files. And the reason that wouldn't be the case is because you you may have people in here in this particular project, and imagine that your client has say four different projects with you. Uh, and that's pretty common in our cl- customer base. That some of the files that are that are housed generically um, in that client's personal client files, on, and we'll look at it together to illustrate the difference. Then you may not want the people that are assigned into that project to see those, uh, and also the other way around. So there's some sensitive, some sensitive sort of privacy things happening here that. At least that's the the logic that currently is. So here's what I mean. If you go into client files, this area is not always the same as the project files area. So you'll need to just house those in the right place. All right, let's scroll down and see if we can get, yes, being able to choose what you wanted or customize widgets. We'll do our best, Zach. It's, it's tough to... Anticipate the needs, but the 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 examples that you used are quite common and and pretty generic. And so, yeah, I think we'll we'll get pretty close to that eventually, and and have the options for that. I hope so. I hope it'll work for you, Tanja. Does that help, or maybe we can uncover some possibility of things we something that we need or something that we need to think about and and make a way for that. I just want to make sure that you're uh you have your question there.
1: Okay. Uh-huh.
0: Well, one one approach, Tanja, and i I think you're completing a thought and I'm gonna jump a little ahead here. One approach might be that if you have a pro you have let's let's talk about let's talk about uh using projects for what you're discussing here. Okay. So there's two things to say here. One is if you are starting with a client and uh, a lot of times we'll, we'll recommend that every client you start with, if you're gonna do work with the client, even if it's not kind of a typical project management approach, right? Oh, I need to manage this project with tasks and phases and all these things. Sometimes it makes sense to, uh, to just, even if you don't need that, to create a project for each client and then just let that project go forever. It's always gonna be in your in your portal. It's always gonna be your briefcase that you work inside of with that client. And and maybe you're going to use the files there. You're gonna use uh, all the organizational tools that exist in that in that project. One thing that could that was one thing to say, but another thing is that one thing that can enable for you, Tanja, is. We have what's called secondary clients' functionality in projects. So this would be in the case that I was going to start working with a team from um, Slack, for example. you know, I don't know Apple, Microsoft it doesn't matter. It's some a, a big company. And we were uh, producing a, a, a marketing video for them. But they have like four or five people on their side that really need to have optics and really need to be involved uh and of course i don't want you they're not going to share a login that's bad practice so what we would do in that case is we would create five different logins all associated with the company apple and then we they would all log into the portal <clears throat> and then we would add all the, the it, we would identify one primary client who would be basically our point of contact primary and then the secondary clients we would put here and guess what they get to see everything so that sounds kind of like If you had one of the SOs, significant others here, and the other SO here, um, and you kept everything in the project, uh, including the updates, maybe you use the uh, project dashboard to distribute updates, maybe you use client talk to, um, to make your communications, everything stays very buttoned up and tight inside that project and in and in this case as well your 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 husband wife significant other spouse whatever the case may be would be able to see all these things in here as well so i don't know for sure but it's it does seem like a possibility and something maybe you could do a proof of concept and see if it works uh for your needs for your needs and and they're always different so uh always tough for us to anticipate because you're an accountant or bookkeeper in in country A and we have customers from over 100 countries so uh, it's because we're not niche niche specific we don't uh, focus down and get really really specific about creating tools that enable specific workflows so that being the case it also means that you would have to sort of identify and evaluate whether this kind of approach would work for you, uh, but not a bad approach. And you'll see here in the in the dashboard, you can these are the updates I was meaning. If you use the project dashboard, every little bit, every bit, little bit of update that you make, you can just leave this little. Uh, okay, everything's going well, going well, going well. And these are date stamped. Your client can reply here, and all those this these threads go into what we call client talk which is a threaded, subject-based communication tool inside this project. It is um, isolated here, protected here, and only the people that get inside this briefcase, get inside this walled garden, are able to um, even have a chance of participating in this. And then there's settings and defaults that prevent something like a freelancer from Even seeing this tab, knowing that it exists, uh, and we'll, and on the client side, all these tabs are very uh, pared down, and everything is sort of focused towards just getting them to see only what matters and only what you want them to see. Well, there's a wide range of settings associated with each project, uh, globally and individually, that allow you to customize what the client can see. Okay, here, exactly here. Like, for example, earlier I said um, the teammates and freelancers inside a project are only able to see the tasks that are assigned to them. That's by default, but you are able also to enable this setting, for example, and then everybody sees everybody all the tasks. So some teams work that way. Some teams need it to be more isolated in the sense of, uh, I think maybe Les was saying that earlier, uh, trying to... Um, make or Ted, I think Ted was trying to have everything uh, protected. So all these fu- in, allow clients to access project files, yes, or you could turn that off, or you can just say I only want to allow you to download, or I only want to allow you to upload. So all these granular controls are what we provide to help you customize how this works for you in a way that fits your workflow, and that's that's kind of the challenge for us, but also something that we go a pretty long way to trying to provide for you and these are all the settings for the project dashboard that I just referred to so if you don't want to show to show their logo, that's no problem just turn it off right we um uh, there we go it's a little better uh so all these are are exactly for that, okay all right tonja says let's let's pop the chat back up so everyone can see Tonja says my client downloaded their files to their their documents to their file, but it only shows up in the files on a dashboard. How do I get it to show in the file associated with the project? Documents
1: not show in both sections.
0: Got it. OK, so they uploaded through. Some through just a standard file. Um, what they see on the files not inside a project. You could move the file you could move the file and then change the workflow slightly to so that in the future they are uploading through a through the project side. That would be one option. Uh, but no, we don't have a a, like a default option that if it gets uploaded in one area, then show it in another area. currently we don't have that. So I would say that you can move the file using the file tool, just find the file and move it. And then you would solve that problem short term long term I think you would want to modify the workflow and uh, make sure your clients are familiar with you really design you when when you when you build this and and identify your workflows what you also want to do is 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 design an experience for your clients that educates them that directs them on how to do these things um, in the emails they receive and and maybe and we have Quite a few customers actually that will create a welcome even a video that says okay welcome to our portal here's how you do this step one step two step three and uh, some of them even multiple multiple videos explaining each type of client like a payroll or a um, tax accounting or whatever these these things are so that's 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 the best i could i could say as far as an answer i think that is an answer um it's not a magic wand, but it but it does have validity and I think it can work for you. Hopefully. Okay, Tanya. I hope so. All right. What other questions, guys? All right. Well, let's wait for those. But in the meantime, let's take a look at this. What is this? Can you see I can't see it? Let's see. Let's turn this off. what is that (laughs) what is this weird thing well it's the beginnings of a new functionality or a new direction of functionality but what we have what this is initially is going to be it's what we're calling a timer widget okay so yeah imagine that you are you get a phone call or an email and somebody says hey can you can you start on this project hey great let's uh Let's build this website. All right. So you just go ahead and just name that prod, the task however you want. Hit Tab, enter your hourly rate. Let's just say you're getting 50 euros or dollars. Uh, and you just hit Enter. And boom, this timer's off and running, OK? So this timer's going to count. You're going to notice in, uh, in the tab that you're active. Your timer's going to be counting up in this tab. And now you can move on. You can just go anywhere you want. You can navigate all over the, the platform. You can say, okay, now let's go to this. Let's, let's go to this project. Let's go to the dashboard. Let's move around. And your timer is always going to be active. It's always going to be counting. It's always going to be available for you. Okay. So uh, let's just do one more one more change, and then we'll let it count for a second. But what's cool about it, right now? Oh, it disappeared on me again. So it always resets itself down at the bottom. We made it so that you can slide it in case some piece of UI gets in the way. So, this is kind of a short term um, arrangement. Long term, we'll be actually implementing, and this is already planned and starting development, a bottom toolbar that will stick persistently at the bottom that will house tools like this and other tools that are planned, like a search, like a long term, like a command line that will let you um, do things really quickly from a quick command line uh, type functionality. Um, But let's look at the, let's continue with the timer and and just so everyone knows, this is not live in your account. You can't use this right now, but it is in sort of final testing phases. It will be out uh, pretty shortly. Okay, so now you you have your um, timer running, you've counted up. Let's go ahead and stop the timer, okay? And now what we can do, everybody see, right? Okay, and we'll click add to invoice. Right now, you can say, all right, I'm ready to invoice this timer. But now you can just create a new invoice. Let's just say it's one timer, you, the task is finished, you're ready to invoice all of this, right? Create new invoice, um, assign the client, everything is good. Or you can add it to an existing accumula- accumulating generator. Uh, and remember that, th- that this, is all, this timer has not yet been assigned. But you can do that as well so let's say you stop the timer and you and before you restart you say you know what let me go ahead and assign this let's click uh, manage timer and now uh, i can come down and say, click assign timer and i can assign it to a client or a project or a task any one of these i can just select that and then once it's assigned the beauty is is that after that when you go to invoice it we already know the client, we already know the project, we already know the data, and we can put it right in the proper place without any much much more input from you. Uh, another thing is if you stop and, oh, I need to switch, I wanna to switch to a new task, that's okay. You can just switch, let's let's start back on this logo design that I was working on, I'm starting back. So now I can quick switch my timer, right? And now I have this this other timer that was sort of waiting for me to continue. Now I can continue that timer, and uh, when I'm finished with that one, I can switch to another one, et cetera, et cetera, So this is a really, really nice tool for someone who's working, tracking time, adding them to invoices, adding them to what we call accumulating gener- generators, which is essentially, okay, you're just stacking up timers into that generator, and then the generator will, will spit out the invoice based on a predefined schedule. So if you are a web agency, I think someone here uh, identified that way Um, imagine that you tell your clients okay i want i'm going to bill you every month for what we do for you You anytime you call us or email us we'll just go to work we'll time everything hey thanks ellis we'll time we'll run timers and then when it comes time we'll just add them to the accumulating generator you can tell your staff members that you can tell your freelancers that just do the work time track your time add it to the client's accumulating generator, and then every month that generator, its job is every month without fail, without reminding, it doesn't forget, it never goes to lunch, it's just waiting, it waits all month. I'm ready, I can't wait, I can't wait. And then when the month hits, boom, it's gonna take all the timers or all the items, anything that's on that in that list, it's going to move them it's going to move them and create an invoice with them an actual invoice that gets automatically sent to the client if you choose and then it's going to reset wipe the slate clean and wait and all next month you're going to add timers and items to it and then the next month it's going to do the same thing over and over again and guess what no more missed invoices no more work that doesn't actually get paid right how i mean we i know we all either know somebody or have been in a situation where you just know for sure that there's money left on the table because you're too busy or you forgot or it just it seems like a... You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Everyone. So the accumulating generator is the solution. Now people will say, hey, can we generate reports from the, from the timers? Can't we generate reports? Well, yeah, but doesn't that mean that you have to log in Generate the reports and then send them to the to the to the uh, client and then you know attach it to an invoice that you have to manually create. Yeah, that's what it means. The accumulating generator is a uh, four shortcuts past that, right? It allows you to take all the timers, stack them up in the generator, and that's it. You're done. You don't have to think about it after that because it's like a report. Everything is there. On the on the appointed day and time, based on your specifications, the generator is going to generate that invoice and send it. Game over, we're done. Pay it, and everybody's happy. Nobody forgets. Nobody drops the ball. The client always gets billed, no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's for eleven dollars or hundred eleven dollars. It's going to happen. So, um, yes, we we like this. Accumulating Generators has been part of the platform from the very beginning and that that rationale's been there. But honestly, I've never seen it anywhere else. I don't understand um I guess I don't understand why. I think it's really really useful for anyone who who has that sort of free uh free work business model where you're working just when you know small things here and there, it's easy to forget or easy not to add that to an invoice. And also, it's easy to feel guilty for adding what 11 minutes or whatever number small but in this case you can just do it and then there's a mutual understanding between you and the client like i'm just hey i'm just running timers and adding them to this pile and then every month it'll come to you it doesn't matter if it's for 12 dollars; just pay it just just go to the portal and pay it and we're good all right so soapbox stepping down (laughs) anyway uh mike says Will you be able to set the month period dates? Less says, I think you mean which date of the month, Less? Yes. So, in the case that is what you mean, I'll go ahead and answer. If it's not, let me know. Okay, perfect. Yep. So, when you create an accumulating generator, let's just go there. Gotta go to invoicing. When you create an accumulating generator and you're setting up the schedule, uh, you're going to say every month and then another thing the next thing it's going to ask you is when what what's the first what's the first date that you want to generate one of these so of course you don't want to generate right right away you're going to uh, tell it when the first date of generation is so here so you can say i want to do this every one month or a week or whatever you want to do and now it says when is my first creation date well you just set it for next the first day of the month on the next month, say for example, or the fifth, or whatever you want to do, right? That'll work. And then every month on that fifth, it'll crank it out, or the first, however it works. Mike Kelly, how are you? <laughs> I always think of the actual Mike Kelly that I know, but um, cool. Last good, Mike. I will, I will go down on record and say very soon, very soon. I think this week we've been holding it for several weeks really testing it really running through it uh it's got it needs some more some a little more um but it's ready it's it's ready to hit the streets so the timer widget and then coming after that will be a a, a complete series of new and cool really cool stuff uh coming in in this in this kind of Implementation and what's cool about it is everything that we put in into this kind of widget and eventually will be on this persistent bar will just be one or two clicks away uh, to get you to these really you know fast I need this functionality two clicks away you'll have it and when then when the command line is is uh, command line and sh- keyboard shortcuts are in place you'll be able to start a new task by clicking you know typing backslash. Add, space, task, space, uh, at, for who, you know, the person. If it's you, you can do that. And then just type the task and then hit enter. And guess what? In your My Task uh, list, which you can access always from My Tasks, it'll just appear and you'll have a task. So if you need to remember to call this person or provide that folder for that person or whatever it is, if it's in your head for two seconds, that's all it needs, go right to the command line and start typing boom it'll show up here and it'll become something that's on your on your schedule you can always use your filters you can save filters so that this is constantly filtered with the, with the way that you need it to be typically you know some you get, most people would want to filter by uh due date or something like that and this is the direction that we're moving and this is the one of the first the timers widget is one of the first implementations uh in that direction, all right. Let's uh, pop the chat up so that we can see the wow, like it, okay, thanks, yes, perfect. Wow, good, gold, good, like it, like it, all right, let's see.
1: Uh, That's
0: true, Noel, so Noel, thank you Noel for the answer. Jeremy, if you are assigning a timer to a task, let's just say let's 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 do that. So you, when you say to no task, it's going to ask you the project. Then after you after it has the project, it's going to have the uh, the task. And when this gets added, it's going to uh, identify the the project and task in the invoice. Yes. Also, just to point out, when you make these notes here, if you make notes, so you, yeah, you're going to set a title, but then you can set, you can make notes. These will end up in the description of the item on the invoice. So you can really uh, get a little more, more verbose here, a small title here, and really type out the, an actual description that your clients will read about, you know, uh, what you were accomplishing during that time. And then you can add it to, to the invoice based on just a client or, or the project or the task. If you make a mistake, you can just unassign it and continue. Okay. All right, guys. I think that is going to be. I hope I uh, didn't take the chat down. I hope you saw that. So, okay. Oh, cool. Cool, Les. Yeah, cool idea. Les says, uh, "I think you guys. Okay, yeah. Wild card. Yeah." Can it decrement? Client plays 5,000, the timer decrements as it's spent. That's cool. Uh, no less, but we do have plans in the future to have a balance, right? So that your your clients can have a balance. And you'll see that if you look in, um, you'll see the the UI where that will live in the end. If you go to, now I'm on client side now, okay? I'm logged in as a client. And then if I go here to my billing, this is the client billing dashboard, right? So right now, you can put payment credit cards on file. You can put um, bank accounts on file if you're in, if you're in the US. That, that can work. Here, there's room for a balance, an account balance. And then you would be able to actually pay invoices with that account balance. Or in your case, you could run a timer and say if you bill, end up with $3,000 worth of time, they can pay that invoice that the timer's added to with that account balance and reduce that down to 2000 And we'll keep that accounting for you in the platform, and they'll be able to access always their their existing account balance from this My Billing dashboard. That work for you, Les? I mean, it's, it's basically the same thing, except for with the... Uh, but if we get a lot of support for decrementing, counting timers with the yeah, with five thousand dollars, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, all right, everyone. I think that's it. We're we're kind of just right at time. Seems like we're we're at the end of questions. We've introduced a new feature, the timers widget. All right. Okay, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. Awesome. Thank you, Les. Thank you for coming along. Thank you, Mike. Yes, sir. And thank you to everyone else. We appreciate you coming in. Thanks for the ideas, the feedback on the uh, office hours, on the timer widget. Thank you, Tanja. Yes. And Ted. Awesome. Very nice to meet all of you. And good to see you. All you returning um, visitors to the webinar. Hilton, uh, I see, and Zach. All right. Thanks everyone. Have a great rest of your day.